1: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
2: Okay, okay. Well, it's that time. Beer it's that time, time. it's beer time. it's beer time hold on it's beer time kids actually i'm gonna go get a shot of tequila too now if we were the best welcome podcast- everybody welcome
1: everybody if we were the best podcast in the world now would be the time to be like renee do you like a cold heineken from the fridge when you come home from work Yes, Andrea. In fact, I do love a cold Heineken when I come back, but we won't do fro- no, advertising no, for free. No, we
2: don't do advertising for free. Um, and frankly, I think I'll be searching more for a tequila brand like Casa Azul. Or, um, <laughs> anyway, guys, uh, welcome to the second to last day of our podcast, our daily podcast here from the Australian Open Um it has been a joy bringing it to you. And we figured we'd bring it to you at night because, well, we finished at a quite an early time tonight because, well, sadly this match was a bit of a pooper scooper. <laughs> um, uh, but let's get into it a little bit. Andrea Pekovic, of course, is joining me once again on the podcast. Uh, Petco, we both called the match you for world, world Feed, me for ESPN. And unfortunately, it went the way... We thought it was gonna go yeah. we hope you always hope that you know chinwen was gonna turn up and you know play her best match that maybe arena would get a little bit nervous mm-hmm. and we'd have a little bit of parody early on in the match and then bang she just comes out firing away chinwen was clearly nervous it was a little bit overwhelming for her overwhelming but is, let's think let's the right word what's your perception of this i think the overwhelming
1: that you, the word you used, overwhelming, is exactly the right word. I think she really looked overwhelmed by the pace more than actually by her emotions. As in the previous matches, she actually looked very poised. She looked composed on the inside. I'm sure it looked very differently. But on the outside, she looked like she had everything under control. But I think she was just overwhelmed by the pace that Arena brought from the get go. She hadn't faced any top 50 players. And I think that caught up with her. That was my patron bottle. <laughs> Even though she, um, she did well in putting them away and she did well in, you know, winning those matches that she was supposed to win. That's a different type of pressure. But she looked overwhelmed by the solidity, consistency, heaviness and pace yeah. that Arina Sabalenka was putting on from the get-go, and in my opinion, and I'm so interested because we didn't talk, we normally always talk about the match, and then we sit down to record the podcast, and that's why I'm actually so excited to hear your thoughts on it. In my opinion, the biggest difference was the first shot of the game, which is serve and return. I thought Irina was serving as she had all tournament long, serving very well. Chinwen was serving as she was doing all tournament long, well in moments, terrible in others, and specifically returning absolutely terribly and what i mean by that she didn't make returns she either no. went for too much or she missed them she missed so many returns and especially that wide surf that arena played over and over and over again and i had called um Wen's third round match against wang Yafan, who was a very tough opponent she barely got through that 10-8 in the third set tie break in the tie break exactly and, um, and Yafan was consistently serving that wide serve. And Chin Wen went for down the lines. Missed five, made one. Missed six, made one. She made a very important one at seven all in the tiebreak. So everyone was like, oh, oh this was the right that play. That was a great shot. Exactly. But eventually, it kind of lost her the match today. Not that it was close and that could have changed it, but at least make Arena play. At least get into the rally. At least give yourself the chance. And she kept going for that down the line. That was the one shot that I didn't understand. Um, And the
2: funny thing was, in the very last game of the match, clearly when Arena was starting to shit herself, okay? Because you're like, oh my God, I'm a set in 5-2, two breaks. Like, there's no chance I can lose this, right? And sometimes, believe it or not, you get more nervous in those moments than you do if it was 5 4 in the third because you're so locked in at 5 4 in the third. You're like, cannot have a letdown, cannot think about the final, cannot think about the last point, cannot think about the match being over. You're like, stay focused. Whereas when you're a set in 5 2, you're like, ah, the start. trophy. There's the trophy. I'll There's call my the mom. president over there. They're coming on the court. I'm like, oh my God, focus. Oh, but I'm 5-2 up. Wait, I can't lose. Can I'm up 5-2? I mean, all that shit does go through your head. And if anyone says it doesn't, they're lying, okay? It's just how long does it stay in your head? Not long. You're like, okay, focus. But you do have those moments of thinking. Whereas if it's 5-4 in the third, when you think about how she played that match last year, there was no let up allowed mm-hmm. last year. Yes. You had to stay so focused. And she had to stay so focused. And she managed to do that last year against Rabakina. And in this one, she gets a forty love, so she's of course like match is over, right? Mm -hmm. And then she starts getting a little tight. But guess what? Chinwen made returns. Yes, she made her play exactly hundred percent. And then all of a sudden, it's like oh, I got a bit of a mistake here, mistake there. Four and the the returns were not great. No, she just made them.
1: Yeah, she just put them in. And that's what I mean. Sometimes you just have to let the opponent play and see what happens. And if Irina is too good, which she was today, I think she would have won, even if Chinwen had made more returns. But at least you give them the chance to fail. At least you give them the chance to miss. And she didn't do that enough on a consistent basis.
2: And listen, her forehand extremity grip, um, just like Coco, just like uh, Iga Shantek. um, I think about Sam Stosa. Like, I think about the people that had really, really... And a lot of players do have the extreme grip now. But when you serve them really well out wide, you can get them a lot because they you know by the t- they don't have the you know a sort of semi eastern or semi western or eastern grip where they can sort of get under the ball on end range right when you're end range on a forehand and you don't have an extreme grip you're actually still hitting the ball with the flat part of the racket whereas if you're end range with a very extreme grip your racket face is facing the ground mm-hmm. right so it's a very different feeling for someone like her so she needs to figure out a way to cut that angle off a little mm. bit and get it back cross-court. Mm. Like you have to think. We said in the com, in the com commentary, chip one back. Mm. Just chip it back deep. Make her have to hit her forehand down the line to win the point because we know that Sabalenka's best forehand is cross-court. Mm. So force her, if she wants to hit a forehand for a winner, to go down the line. So you have to, when you're out there, look, it's very obvious too that she her mind was probably going a million miles yes, an hour. Yes. Like yes. I'm getting killed in this final. Yeah. People paid a lot of money for these tickets. Oh, my God, I'm playing All the crap. China is watching. All the China. I mean, she had such unbelievable support there tonight. It was crazy. Yeah,
1: it was great to see. And I'm sure so many Chinese people oh were watching God. back home on the TV. She won a point. But that's a lot of nuts. pressure also. There was also
2: a lot Absolutely. of pressure. So, yeah. Absolutely. So, that, look, we're being hard because this is what we do. Yeah. We do expect certain things from certain people. And if you're in a Grand Slam final, we expect you to play – up to that, but at the same time, we're very aware that it's her first Grand Slam yes, final.
1: and she will be so much better. She
2: will be so much better. And I saw Pereira, her coach, after the match, and he knows that there's so many parts of her game that can improve, there's no question about that. I think her end range shots, meaning the balls that she's on running to the absolute ends of the the court, the side of the court, they need to improve. And I think one area that she could get better at, also when she's playing a power player like that, is you have to be able to change the pace sometimes, mm. right? And so end range on her back end, for example, her back end's very good. She actually yeah. handled the ball to her back end power. Much better. Much better, mm. right? Because she's got the left hand yeah. she can use. And she stayed down mm. on the back end. Whereas the forehand, she was coming up because the extremity on her grip. Mm. She feels like when your racket faces down and the ball's on you really fast, you have to feel like you have to lift it. In the actual fact, you have to stay down mm. and you have to accelerate. But I think that when she's on end range with the back end, she needs to learn how to hit a slice, mm-hmm. and 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 Pira Reba said that she can actually hit a slice, mm. but it's doing it under pressure. And the reason why hitting a slice is a good thing is it actually you can slow the the whole point down. Ash Barty was the greatest of that, clearly. Mm. And and I would say to Sam Stoza and players that I work with, a slice is like. You have the ball on your strings as a slice backer. Now you can pop it back really fast yeah. or you can float it back. You can go short. There's little things that she could do like that that I think will help her stay in the point because when she had time in the point tonight, she actually played very well. Yes, yes. But she needs to figure out how to but get But she didn't, have time, point. She didn't have time and this is also part But to because... get time, sometimes you can hit the slice. Yes. And it slows the point up immediately, Yeah. right? And you can put your opponent in a difficult situation – and then you can get back in the point tonight. She was trying to slap backhands from like terrible positions, and she was missing. And listen, we're giving her a hard time. We're giving her a hard but time, but I, I will circle back to, it. to be I
1: will circle back to back to one other thing. But we're giving her a hard time all the while knowing that Aryna Sabalenka continued where she had Amazing. left off. She was the player of the tournament, men and women, in my opinion. I think the story on the women's side is how well Arina Sabalenka played, how much ahead she was of the rest of the pack, how much she had improved in the offseason. That is one of the players that I've seen in the last 10 years, maybe Yannick Sinner too, that has improved the most over the course of two months, it feels like. Whereas at the US Open, I still saw her trying that one-dimensional game against Coco Gauff and not getting through. And she said to me, I interviewed her after the match, and I asked her, you looked like much more of an all-court player here at the Australian Open. What did you change in the off-season? And she said, actually, that match against Coco really made me think. I knew I'm everyone calls me a ball basher, but I don't care about this. But when I played Coco, I knew and I felt that I can't get through with how well she moves. So I told my team, and we decided together that we need to work on approach shots. We need to work on the on the what volleys and we need to work on slices so I have other things in my repertoire basically
2: and that is a sign of a great player a great player every great player novak rafa Roger when you think about serena. all the things serena all the things that they improved on through the years serena improved her ability to change the pace on her serve the ability to roll some balls into their corners you know and not into angles and not hit everything 100 miles an hour and i and I'll never forget Justine and and after she won like a grand slam and like a month later she was I saw her practicing serving and bowling for an hour. I'm like, what is going on over there? Because she knew, okay, I'm here I'm at this level and everyone's gonna try and beat me at that, what I'm doing right now. So how am I gonna go an extra level? And she was like getting into the net, playing mm. better at the net. Alcaraz has changed that by moving forward hitting a drop shot. Now everyone is implementing a drop shot in the mm. men's game. People are starting to come into the net now against these guys and they know it. And so there's elements of every tennis player when you're a great that they consistently get greater and stay great because they're constantly working on the next level of mm. shot making. And we saw that beautifully displayed and spoken to you uh, with Sabalenka after she lost that match because she knew, and she was coming into the net really, really well in this tournament. Mm. Um, And just some, she misses some volleys. Yes. And she will get even better. I mean, she just started three months ago coming to the net, but she said it basically. And she's, she, she won, she listened. She won a couple of grand slams in doubles. Mm. So she knows how to play at the net. Um, Another player that won Grand Slam doubles title before she played and won singles titles. And Mm. I do adamantly believe that players should play doubles. I think Jin Wen can play some doubles and it would help her a lot. It would
1: help her return game a lot. Absolutely. And I wanted to ask you one thing that uh, stuck or uh, jumped out at me during the return game and because of the return game, because I was like trying to figure out. It must be so
2: frustrating with you because you were such a solid returner.
1: Exactly. I was like the one thing I could do because I didn't have a great serve. I couldn't have, you know, I didn't have free points on my serve. I had to play every rally. So the one thing I had to do is make the fucking return. And when I had my record on the ball, I would put it in. Yes. And even if it's the shittiest ball in the world, I would put it in and the other one. And how many matches did I win where they just choked and just... The easiest sitters just yeah. put them away because they chose Look at, at Zverev and...
2: last night. He missed some sitters exactly. Yesterday. Exactly because he knows this dude's not going to yes. make a, a yes. mistake on that. So report.
1: that was very frustrating to me, but. Apart from that, she's so young. Now you know
2: how I feel when people come into the net and make a volley. I'm like, how can you not make that volley? And you're like, how can you not make that return? Yes,
1: I I understand. Now I understand. Now I finally am on your level. (laughs) You finally
2: understand me.
1: I finally. It it took only 300 It just had
2: to, we had to compare what we were good at (laughs) to each other. And we go, ah,
1: I get it. Maybe, yes. Maybe, yes. But uh, another thing that that stood out to me was she returns and she plays very far behind the baseline. She's actually one of the players on the WTA Tour in the lowest range of taking balls on the rise. She only takes 35% of the balls she hits on the rise. And the average of the WTA player is at 48%. Wow. Yes, so it's much higher. Okay, a lot of WTA players play different. Chin yeah. Wen plays a lot of set, spin. spin. Yeah, yeah. It's different, so you can't really compare that. But just to give you a little bit of sense, Arena Sabalenka takes 54% of balls on the rise. And sometimes on the rise doesn't mean you're on the line and taking everything half volley. Sometimes it just means when you see the short ball, you recognize it and you're Get up, up to it, it quickly. Yeah. And those are the ones you take on the rise. And Arena does that better than anybody else in the world right now. She doesn't always stand on the line, but when she has the short one, she's up to it quickly. And I wondered, and this now circling back to Chin Wen, who returns so far behind the line, who stands so far behind the line, compared, uh, paired with Arena, who takes balls early and recognizes short balls, did Chin Wen maybe stand too far behind... The line and give arena too much time to step in and take those balls yep. on the rise and be dominant in almost every single rally unless chin Wen hit a really good first serve and then she was the one to do to be able to do a little bit more
2: yeah it's um, it's all part of learning how to beat somebody right and we've seen it beautifully displayed over the last couple of months with um yannick sinner for example who could not beat Daniel Medvedev mm-hmm. and beat him has th- beaten him the last three times that they've played, which is a tremendous difference when he when you basically can't beat somebody. So I think that we'll see. I think that the way that Sabalenka plays is gonna be a problem for Jinwen forever. Ever, yeah. Um until she gets a little bit more aggressive with the forehand, changes the stance maybe, and makes the return. But you know, the grip is one thing um on the forehand, she was really struggling with that tonight. The back end was fine. The back end was back yeah. end, back end to back end. Was she was actually hanging with her, which I was surprised at. um But it's, for me, it's the end range shots mm-hmm. that she struggles with. Whereas Arena, when she gets on the run end range, you're like, look yeah. out, because yeah. this is going to be big. Whereas with Chin Wen on the full range, uh, like end range, you're like, ah, is she going to slice the forehand? Is she going to slice the back end? So I think she needs to get a bit stronger, which she will, movement-wise. Um, I think she will get stronger and faster because she's not as fast as Coco. And Coco is so fast that she can mm-hmm. get those balls back in and frustrate someone like Irina. Um, But it's going to be really interesting. I think Arena's going to be very, 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 very confident going into Indian Wells, Doha, Dubai and Miami.
1: And you know what? We
2: talked about it briefly in the like, car. Like, look out.
1: I, you asked me, like, how was she? And I said, yeah, she was super happy. And then I paused and I was like, she was... Right amount of happy. She was not euphoric. She was not like, this is the pinnacle of my life, I'm the best. It was like, okay, I won this, this was great, but I'm ready for more. more. Yes, Yes. that's how it felt to me. And I asked her, and what I also liked, I asked her like, um, I feel like defending a title is harder than anything in the world, especially at a Grand Slam. And you did it, nobody has done it in 10 years since Agika Azarenka does it give you a different kind of confidence for the rest of the season? And I loved her answer because she said, I don't want to think about what other people will say now. I don't want to think about those expectations. I just want to work hard. I just want to fight for every single ball. And I felt like she had unlocked staying in the presence for her. Because if you saw her in earlier times, you could see her thinking what you said earlier about the trophy presentation. What am I going to say in the speech? And uh, what does Anton think, my coach, about me? And... Um, And it just felt like she had figured out for herself over this fortnight, staying in the present is the way to go. And I have to say one thing.
0: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care.
1: that a player plays a Grand Slam in almost a perfect manner. You always, almost always, have one match where you can see, oh, um, this was an off day, yeah, and yeah. He's, they somehow found a way through. You see it with Novak when he at the US Open, when yeah. he was down not, two sets to laugh against Jere. So many players. Every time, Angelique Kerber, when she won here, was down a match point in the second round against yeah. Mizaki Doi. It happens so lot. You long. see it so many times. Caroline Wozniacki was down it's a match many, point when she won here. I think that
2: he was a... There's only a few players that have won this tournament since, I don't know, 2000 or something that have won it without losing a set. Mm. She was like Lindsay Davenport did it. I think Maria Sharapova. Maria Sharap- um Vika, when she won it that second year, I think mm. she was so dominant. So she's joined some very elite company in how she won this tournament and how she looks when she's on. And I tell you what, she can win any grand slam i think the french will be a little bit more difficult for her yes but and i think igas you know gonna have her hands on that trophy many many more times i think chinwen will be much better on clay um and so i think there's a lot of positivity for arena coming out i mean she's absolutely the player to beat on on hard court and i think she's gonna be tough to beat on Mm -hmm. grass
1: me too i also think that and laura robson said the same thing as she said like if she it has this, this mentality. I don't really she, see...
2: She, how many matches did she lose last year where she should not have lost? Yes. We've talked about it we a talked times. about it a million times. Mukhova, the French...
1: I can talk about this because I d- repeated it so many times. She wins the Australian Open. Semifinals, French Open, up 5-2 with a match point against Mukhova in the semifinals to play Iga Shiantek, who she has beaten in the Madrid final. Granted, much better conditions for Iga, but it is a chance. Semi-final of Wimbledon, up a set and a break on Onsja to play Vondushova in the final. She wins. Big chance to win. Final of the US Open, she's up a set and a break on yeah. Coco Golf, And then kind of faltered under Coco making something. We saw it. We talked about it. Yeah. And I really think that this t- defending her title could have unlocked something, a new level of confidence in her that we won't see this type of losses that much anymore on the Grand Sampson, at least not when she has matters in her own hand.
2: As you like to say,
1: absolutely. 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 Except for, and I do think, and you know what else is great? This is not only great for Rina Sabalenka, this title run is f- fucking fantastic news for Iga Shiantek back home and for Elena Rybakina, who will be fucking annoyed right now who will be sitting so at home annoyed. eating themselves up yeah. for not having given themselves the chance to be in the final and you ah. know how Iga is tomorrow in the morning how she will wake up to go to practice yeah. she will be burning out there she will have 105% intensity yeah. which only means when we come the next next tournaments around in Dubai Doha wherever they are Iga will be burning burning yeah. with passion to close the gap again that that Arena has created here, and that's great news for the tour because we will see amazing matches and amazing rivalries.
2: All I could think about was more so, even more so than uh, Iga was uh, was Rybakina. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, she absolutely smoked smoked Arena Sabalenka in the finals of Brisbane. Mm. I mean, it was six love, three love. She led six love, three love against now the two-time defending Australian Open champion. Mm. So you don't think that Rubakin that, uh, that, um, is not at home going, fucking hell, like close that match out against Blink- Blinkover and I'm in the final again and I'm playing a girl that I just smoked in Brisbane. And so- here we have to
1: talk about one thing that we didn't because we just started it during the Australian Open. Scheduling on part of Rebakina's team. Why in the world did she go to Adelaide? She's she wins exactly. Brisbane. Exactly. She wins Brisbane in the most dominant manner and goes and smokes. In chops. Arena Sabalenka, who's been unmatched at the Australian Open, chops her like a linden tree. Linden tree. Chops her like a linden tree. And then goes to play in Adelaide to, like, half tank in the quarter so she doesn't get tired. Why? What the fuck?
2: Why? Why? Why?
1: This is really a question. I don't have an answer. Honestly, Do you have an answer? You are so true. And fee? also,
2: you heard also appearance fee. Jesus, you've got enough money. You're the the objective is win the Australian Open. Like, honestly, what, are you, what is your... <laughs> you get a little bit controversial, but you know how I feel about our coach sometimes. But what is he thinking? Because... Any coach would be like, "No, we don't need to go to Adelaide. I don't care about your what is it, twenty thousand dollars that she's going to play to play Adelaide. Maybe take a guess. I, would don't, you know. Know? I don't know. Let's just say it's $20,000, $50,000. Yes. You are giving up two and a half million dollars, P.S. And by the way, all your uh, sponsorship money that you're going to make five million dollars winning the Australian Open. You just smoked the arguably the favorite to win the Australian Open again, and you go and play Adelaide." And you know that she was a little bit injured in that match with her Achilles. Yeah. So why are you playing extra tennis when you don't need to when you've just started the year playing great? I mean, what? You are so right,
1: Petko. I, I was. I I thought about it because I was thinking about we had a lot of time to fill until Arena came in the studio. So we were just talking and jabbering and jabbering. And I was thinking about how great this is for the rivalry. And I was thinking of, of Iga Shiontek, of Elena Rybakina, and, and Coco. And Coco Golf, exactly. And Chaber, she needs to get healthy, she needs to find her joy again. But just all of all of the women in the top ten who were so close to Irina Sabalenka and now seem kind of far away. That if that doesn't give you motivation, when Angie Kerber, who is my very close friend, did well. Nothing in the world gave me more motivation on the on the training court, on the practice court, than Angie Kerber doing well. Because I was like, oh my God, this is so fun. Look how happy she is winning. Look how how confident it makes her. I, I want, want the same. I want the same. And it made me work harder. And there is a thing of a healthy competition. And it made me think of why the hell did Rybakina go to, to Adelaide, Adelaide to lose to Alexandrova He's a good player. Who's a very good player, but, but what the fuck? Uh, to, but that's like, you know, the thing is, what you it's, it's not think- about losing to Alexandrova. You can lose to Alexandrova, but going with a loss to Australian Open, most of the players do. But you had the chance to go without a loss to the Australian Open, and you didn't do it because you decided to go to adelaide to exhaust yourself more and I don't understand and it.
2: and if she had that little niggle of an achilles problem or a foot problem or whatever it was that you overheard the coach or the fitness yeah. trainer or whoever the fuck's talking say you fucked yourself there why would you ever in a million years know that you've just like like carolina Pliskova for example when i was coaching her and she won at Ad- uh, she won brisbane there is no way in God's green earth I would be like, ah uh, you know what, let's play another couple Did of matches. Did she want to go
1: play somewhere else? Hell
2: no. The whole point was win Brisbane, go to Melbourne, and that was the year she lost to Naomi in an incredible third set barn burner of a 3 The year Naomi won. The year Naomi won the Australian Australian Open against Kvitova in the final. And for me, uh, I thought Kaya had the opportunity to win the Australian Open that year because she won Brisbane. She came into the Australian Open playing great tennis. Mm. She lost an incredibly close match to Naomi, and Naomi beat Kvitova. And Kaya had just beaten Kvitova in the WTA finals for the first time. So I felt like that was her best chance. But she went in with all the confidence and Rabakina should have come, have a couple of days off after Brisbane, get training, work on a few things, maybe take care of her body going into the Australian Open. And instead she kind of limped in to the Australian Open and then lost to somebody like Blinkova who is a very – look, the tennis was good at times, yeah. but some, a matches she should never lose. And then Blinkova lost the next match. And that, that fucked her over. So listen, you make a great point. The whole point is – Scheduling is very As, important. Scheduling is part of playing tennis. It's like you with Taylor Fritz last year going into the US Open. I said the same yeah, thing. You
1: said the same and thing. And it's like, I understand that players want to have a lot of matches to feel like, you know, I understand that. Elena it. I understand doesn't need a lot of matches. She doesn't need it, but I understand the feeling of wanting to have so many matches that when you go into a Grand Slam tournament that is very stressful, that you have had so many matches that all your routines, are so set into place that you don't feel that you're nervous. That's what players want. That's why they play so much. But the same with Taylor Fritz. He started in Atlanta, played Washington, played Toronto, played Cincinnati, played, uh, God knows who, Winston-Salem probably, he didn't, but, you know, I think he was on the, on the on the list and then pulled out, thank God, to then play at the U.S. Open and run out of steam against Novak Djokovic in the, in the quarters or semis? In the quarters, I think. Quarters. And he played great 16. there. I have to say, he did play but great. But my my but argument, he ran out here of steam. Is, my argument here is, if you want to win grand slams, you schedule your whole ter- your whole year around winning grand slam tournaments. Yeah. That's basically that's the thing. That's that's what it should be and what it always is. And, and that, Rebecca now with her skill set and her talent and her mind, because she has a strong mind, you've actually annoyed me thinking about that schedule for her. She should have, frankly. She, should, and what she it, should plan everything. Maybe French, let's think about that. But she should plan every Grand Slam tournament in a way that she can win it.
2: Yeah. Can I just say, when you think about that schedule, Sabalenka lost in the finals of Brisbane, but she played fantastic to get to the finals. Mm-hmm. She was so good. And then she got smoked in the final. And she laughed it off. She was like, well, thanks. Better luck Ar- next time. Hey, Arena, too good today. I'm glad you gave me a couple of games. And she laughed about it and she said, team, you're all fired as a joke. But, you know, I think she came into the Australian Open with, look, I'm playing good. Mm. I played one bad match. Yes. I got beaten by a better player on the day because Arena was actually spectacular in that final. I I lost to a better player on the day. I know I can do better. It wasn't my best tennis, but I'm going into the Australian Open feeling good about my tennis. I'm healthy. P.S. And by the way, the most important thing at that point, I'm healthy and I know I can win this tournament. And that's what she did. And said, Rebarkina wins Brisbane, goes and plays Adelaide, gets a little bit more injured, and then comes in the Australian Open, loses a match that she probably shouldn't – well, not probably, absolutely should never have lost. And there you go, and the history has been made. So anyway, we're going to finish this podcast being upset for Rebarkina's schedule. (laughs) Let's talk – let's
1: end it on a positive note. Just, like, one more time, I think – I said it before, and I want to repeat it again because this is really important to me. I think this was a great final in terms of who ended up in the final. Yeah. Yes, we could have had a better It was a terrible match. match. We could have had a better match, but I think the final was great. If, we had, if somebody had given anybody in the tennis world a piece of paper saying Chin Wen and Arena in the final. Well, I just want to say Chin Wen was my player outside of the top 10. Right, but you would have signed it because yeah. it's... The defending champion who's playing great who's the number two player in the world against a future a young talent who everyone expects to win major tournaments in the future who is at the moment in australia close to china so many chinese fans will watch that match yeah, so amazing. many chinese people came to the stadium and watched and watched him when it was the atmosphere was fantastic and this final i think everyone in the tennis world who supports women's tennis would have signed right away because there were so many talks about the top half of the woman falling apart blah yeah. blah blah and i think in the end we got a really really nice final and when we look back on it five years from now
2: we will be like when chinmo will win a grand slam we yes like, we will be, be like was moment.
1: that was a good australian open for the women's it was a great women. well
2: i mean i look i'm gonna disagree with you and one point because okay. this is what we'd like to do i i'm sad that we didn't get a better final because we've had amazing finals over the last few years and we haven't had a bad one for a while here at the australian open we've had some incredible tennis overall i mean that tie break still speaking of it will go down <laughs> as one of the most honestly one of the most memorable moments that i've ever experienced as a, <laughs> as a former player as a commentator i'm so lucky and blessed that i got to call that match yes and as did you. <laughs> yes, it was crazy. It will, it will honestly, it will go down as one of the most memorable, like, half an hour of my life watching that. <laughs> 35 minutes. Yeah. And um, so that was worth it in general. Um, I thought the, the Coco Gauff Arena Sabalenka match was great Very, quality. very good quality. Um, and, you know, unfortunately we didn't have a great final. But Chin Wen will win a Grand Slam. There's no doubt in my mind. I think she has the ability to do it. But overall, look, women's tennis it has got some rivalries now. Yeah. As you said, eager. Barkina, Coco—they're going to be
0: burning inside yes. to make sure that—and that's, that's great. That's, that's good.
2: What? Why is Arena Sabalenka
1: today the champion of the Australian Open and one of the most dominant? Burning? Because she was pissed off that she US lost
2: hundred percent. Yes, and she that's why it, we
1: saw this. That's why we saw this type of performance over the course of a fortnight, over the course of seven matches, because she was sitting in her hotel room for three days, eating pizza and being pissed at herself. And the same thing is happening right now to those who will win the Grand Slam tournaments in the future.
2: Yeah, so women's tennis. Don't worry. Everyone's going to be back for the French Open. <laughs> it's going to be very different, but we've got a lot of tennis to go before, uh, before that happens, um, and I can't wait for it. And, of course, tomorrow is... Sinner and, of course, Mr. Medvedev. How is he going to react? I saw him today. I said, how are you feeling? He goes, actually, not bad. <laughs> and I was like, how is that possible? But anyway, the dude is going to be ready to go. Yannick Sinner has his opportunity to win his first Grand Slam. And I, amazing. Went,
1: I went to watch his practice. How did he look in his practice sin? He looked very cute, but that's not a part of the of Did the you story. tell him that
2: you've named your internet Yannick's internet. I haven't told him yet. Okay, I'll tell him. Um that. but I um give me your pick.
1: So I didn't see I wanted to see Daniel as well, but he was practicing at another time and I was working, so I couldn't. But I I saw Yannick was practicing on Margaret Court Arena with a junior, a Swedish uh junior who had lost in the semifinals yesterday of the Australian Open Junior competition. And uh and that isn't was it great, and I was isn't
2: it great that these guys play with these juniors? Yes. Because I, there's this amazing video, obviously, of Roger Federer hitting with Alcaraz at Wimbledon, warming mm. him up for his final because Alcaraz was playing the final or, or in the juniors. Mm. And Juan Carlos Ferro said, oh, hit with my kid. He's good, Roger. He's good. And he's like, okay, you know, I'll hit with him. And then, of course, cut to like, what, four or five years later, he wins Wimbledon. Mm. So it's so nice to me. People are like, well, who's going to hit with the best players in the world? Well, the best juniors in the world because they're all pretty good it's just not quite as, as good, yes. right?
1: Well, the Swedish guy, he was very good and he was so trying so hard. Oh, but it was at it, times... it makes it was me fast. so...
2: It's so cute.
1: Yeah, but it, it was at times, it was a bit fast for him because Yannick was hitting the shit out of the ball. But <laughs> what I wanted to say, it, I was a little bit annoyed with Yannick Sinner and the reason why I was annoyed you know me, I was not a very relaxed person when I was playing. And he
2: was relaxed as and well. And if
1: I had played a final of a Grand Slam tournament, when I played finals of other tournaments, they were not Grand Slams, I was not relaxed in my last so practice. So he was relaxed he in sat. the practice. He was so relaxed. They were sitting on the bench. They were laughing. The team was joking. Uh, Darren was giving him some tips. Simone and Vagnozzi gave, gave him some tips. Yeah, but and there it, was but, great atmosphere. He was so chilled. And I was like, you know what, Yannick Sinner, Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Because you're like, how dare you do this? How dare you enjoy tennis? You should be miserable like I was.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But it's also a really great thing that you learn that sometimes there's no point in expending unnecessary energy the day before a match. And clearly he's been playing great. He doesn't need to overthink it. Medvedev would have just tried to get his body moving today. So I'm really looking forward to the final. I have to say, as much as I want Yannick to win because I love him so much and Darren is one of my very good friends, I love Daniil so much. And I think he's, fuck, he's played like 48 hours of tennis in this tournament and the fact that he's in the final is incredible. So I just I just want to see a great match Um and we'll see what happens tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll night. We'll see what happens tomorrow. So, Yannick internet against
1: Daniel Medvedev.
2: Medvedev. Uh, anyway. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening us to today and tonight. We are finishing this tonight after the Women's Final. Congratulations to Irina Sabalenka, her second. Win at a Grand Slam and absolutely look out. Smoking fashion. Look out, women, because arena is back and she is hitting the serve in the court, so you've got some problems. Anyway, for now, we're going to say good night and cheers. cheers.